Let's pray. Father, you're a gracious God, and we praise you, Father. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, that uh, uh, we as your children can humbly bow uh, before the, uh, the King of kings and Lord of lords, that you hear our prayers. Lord, you, you care for us. You're our daddy father. That we can crawl up in your lap uh, reverently and we can just talk to you all day long. We can talk to our, our, our daddy father. Uh, you're our Abba father. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for such great grace and mercy uh, that you're a loving God. And so, Father, this morning we pray that you would hear our prayers as we bring them in, in the wonderful name of Jesus, of the name that's above every name. And, Lord, we, we thank you for uh, the pregnancies that are in, uh, in our congregation and pray for blessing on each one of them, Lord, and particularly Scarlett. And, and, and uh, we pray, Father, for, for uh, this child, that it would be raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And, Lord, I'd just like uh, to hear Kevin speak uh, to, just to say that he has a chance now to to be a father like he did not have. And Lord, I just pray that you would make him that. Uh, and also, uh, we uh, <clears throat> would pray also for Kimby and Carlin and the rough time that she's going through and for Kimby and her salvation, Lord. Come with your mighty power. Open the heart. <clears throat> and minister to these, to these women. Also, we pray for the McGee family in their loss, comfort them during this time. May they uh, see that uh, God is, is there for them, that he is real. They can trust him and rest in him. We thank you, Father, for the privilege of this nativity, and we pray your blessings on all that uh, uh, will be done uh, to your glory and uh, for those that come, that you would minister to them. I pray for Timothy and his hip replacement that it would, the surgery would go well, uh, and uh, we lift him to you and, and uh, just bless him. And for Dr. Hudson and for Shirley as they come uh, next week, just give him strength and uh, power from on high as he ministers to us. We thank you for these, these dear saints of God uh, who have traveled many miles serving you. And so, Lord, bless them. And thank you this morning for your word. Speak to us now as we look into it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So if you would, turn to the book of Romans. Thank you, brother. <clears throat> the book of Romans, chapter 12. <clears throat> We've slowed down our pace quite a bit in this wonderful book because we've gotten into the practicality part of it, how it uh, speaks to our hearts and as we walk with the Lord uh, in faith. And we pray, of course, his, his blessings upon us as we seek to serve him. And so just pray this morning that as I read this, that God would speak to your heart and speak to my heart uh, from Romans chapter 12. As I read verses 14 through 21, although I will not cover all of this, I will come back to this part again, but 
uh, I want to deal with this morning with uh, loving your enemy. This whole section really deals with loving your enemy. And uh, that's hard to do sometimes. It's hard to do. But by his grace, we can do it. And he says, Paul, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. And I say, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heat burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. And so, again, we will look uh, in the weeks ahead at uh, the wrath and vengeance, leaving room, not taking revenge and so forth. But this morning, I just want to deal with loving your enemy. Which again is is uh, which is hard. But what does that look like? Well, Paul gives us a picture here of that. First of all, he gives it to us negatively, and then positively. Negatively, in verse fourteen, don't curse those who persecute you. Verse seventeen, don't return evil for evil. Verse nineteen, don't avenge yourself. Verse twenty-one, don't be over- overcome by evil. Then positively, he says in verse fourteen. Bless those who persecute you. In verse 18, live peaceably with all. Verse 20, give food and drink to your enemy. Verse 21, overcome evil with good. And uh, that's just uh, the positive and negative of it. Uh, But Paul is saying, I think here, for these things to happen in our lives, uh, some profound change uh, must take place in our heart for this to occur. You cannot do this, humanly speaking. This is not gritting your teeth and saying, I hate this guy. I know I'm supposed to love him, but I hate him. And Okay, I guess I'll... No. No, what Paul is saying here, this is a change of heart. This is, this is where God changes you and you say... Wow, I really love that person now. Where did that come from? How can I love somebody whom I used to hate? Because it's, it's within. God changes us. Uh, what makes these verses Christian? How do we get a mind like Christ? And we saw that, did we not, in Romans? And I keep going back. Because it's good to go back and remember where you came from. In Romans 12, we saw in 2 and 3, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Metamorphosis is the word. Be changed uh, from one thing, from a caterpillar into a beautiful butterfly. He says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given 
to me, I say to everyone among you, uh, uh, not uh, to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allowed it to each a measure of faith. And so keep that in mind. Keep that in mind as you read this, that uh, we're transformed by faith. Remember, going all the way back to Romans 1, uh, Paul says, I am not uh, ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. 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 And he'll change your life. The greater faith, the greater your life will change. I promise you, because I've experienced that as I have, have, have grown in my Christian uh, walk with God, uh, we, we see that faith is a gift. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us, tells us that. Uh, if I can get it up on the screen here. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith. In that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. See, your faith is even a gift. And he said, uh, it's by faith, it's by trust, it's uh, by no longer uh, looking to to yourself, uh, to save yourself. You don't look to yourself to save yourself. You look to Christ to save you. You cannot save yourself by all your good works, They're filthy rags, and they will not be accepted. The only way you can be saved is to be born again by the Spirit and power of God to do 14 through 21, which we just read. You see, that's the only way you can do it is by the power of God, which comes through believing the gospel. Believing, really believing the gospel, that it is the power. You can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I've tried many times and it does not work. Uh, He becomes uh, my savior. He becomes my boast. That's who I boast in. He becomes my rest. He becomes my Lord. He becomes my friend. He becomes my joy. He becomes my treasure. What else can you think of? Anybody? He becomes my... His, my all in all. He becomes my everything. And of course the list goes on and on, does it not? Uh, uh, I now look away from self. I look away from self to Christ. He is now my satisfaction. There's another one. I am satisfied with Christ. Be satisfied with Christ. Find that, uh, I find that He satisfies me now. He satisfies me now. Does he? Let me ask you, does he really satisfy you? Does he satisfy you? Are you complete in him? Or do you have to have more stuff? You have to have more and more stuff to satisfy you. And the more you get, the more you want. And it never satisfies. But are you satisfied in Christ? Not that stuff is evil. Don't misunderstand me, but does it have its proper place in your life? We're new creatures in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if you be in Christ, you're a new creature. 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So this person is one who looks away from self to Christ. It's no longer I, but it's Christ who lives in me. Wow. I think Paul got it. I really do. I think he hit the old nail uh, right with the hammer, right on the, right on the head, right on the nail. He hit it. And uh, this speaks to me in a, in a powerful way. And so that kind of person is equipped to, to behave this way. He has a new heart. Blessing means a longing for their good. Bless those that curse you. How do I do that? This person is cursing me and hates me and vile and wicked and says awful things about me. And yet I am told I should have a longing for their good, not to be vengeful. Why? Why should I be like that? Because I long for him to come to know Christ. God did not treat us that way. Thank God he did not treat us. Jesus went to the cross with everybody forsaking him. We want them. You know, so the Christian life is radical. Have you ever thought about that? This is radical stuff we're talking about here. Uh, the stuff that, that uh, the world does not even understand. It does not understand. But Jesus said, But I say to you here, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those. In other words, you long for something good to happen to, you, to them. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. This is radical. I mean... Can you think of any? I mean, does the world think this way? No. no, the world wants to get back. The world wants to get even. You know. But he says, you should want for their welfare. So this is cut, you might say, at the root of who we are. And what do we long for? What do we long for? And, of course, it all comes from faith in Christ. Uh, it it uh, comes from not thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Notice in 12.3, he says that. He says that. And now, in uh, Romans 12, in verse 16, does he not say it again? He says, Be the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind. Do not be haughty in mind. You know, when you look in the mirror, I can be scary. <laughs> Dad, Dad, Dad says he doesn't like looking in the mirror. <laughs> but uh, he'll say, who is that old man? You know. But remember the old, uh, I forget what story it comes from, but uh, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the? Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Who is the fairest to you? 
Is it the person you're seeing in the mirror? I hope not. You know, there's a, there's a hymn, that might be a good one to close with, Fairest Lord Jesus. Fairest Lord Jesus. Is, is he your fairest? You know what? If he is, you won't have trouble loving your enemies. If you're having trouble loving your enemies, I doubt if he is the fairest of them all. And this speaks to my heart as well. It speaks to my heart probably as much to me as to anyone here because I fail so much to do this. But real faith embraces what Christ embraced. You know, looking to Christ in faith motivates us to bless our enemies. Looking to Christ in faith motivates us to bless our enemies and be tender-hearted to those that weep. But it only comes by looking to Christ. When you look to Christ, looking to Christ uh, uh, to see that He lived this way. Are we not to be like-minded? Are we not to be like Christ? What was He like? But Jesus was saying, Father, on the cross, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they cast lots and so forth. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Do you have trouble forgiving people for what they have done to you? So it's wrong for me to say, I will have no mercy, no prisoners. I will get my revenge. Remember, Jesus could have called 10,000 angels to his aid. Just folk, and it would have, they would have come to his aid. And yet, he didn't. Why? Because he loved us. Amen. He loved us and went to the cross and suffered for us. He did that while I was still his enemy. Back in Romans 5, we find in verse 6, and I keep, again, I keep going back, but that's okay. What does it say? For while, I call these the three wiles, the while we were still helpless, Christ died for the ungodly. That's verse 6. And also in verse 8, it says, for while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the third while is found in verse 10. While we were enemies, we were reconciled through his death. Wow. This is what Christ did for us. This is what he did for us while we were his enemies. So what does it mean when I curse my enemies? I'm not living up to what Christ did. I am not doing what he did. I am not being like him. And also in Matthew 10, 20, 
8 and 31, it says, Do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear Him, that is God, who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a cent, and yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. You realize that's how much He knows you? How often do I, the, the hairs on our head change number every day when you brush your hair, and yet he has every one of them numbered. He knows if you lost any hair today. He knows that, and he cares about us. He says, so do not fear. You're more valuable than many sparrows. There is uh, value in you because of Christ in you. And because of that, we can love our enemies. Because all the promises of God are ours. And He has promised us blessings beyond belief. And uh, if you're struggling with bitterness and revenge, I want you to do one thing. I want you to go deeper with Christ. I want you to... uh, Press in to Christ to to learn more and more about Christ and what he did for you on the cross, that he died for you while you were his enemies, while you were sinners, he did that for you. That you might know him more and more. That you might grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ more every day. More, more about Jesus. I think that's another song in it. You know, it's amazing how these songs just come to you when you bring, because it is. It's more, more about Jesus. And when you study more about Jesus and you fall in love with him for what he's done for you, you find you can love your enemies. You can love people who are unlovely. That's what he did for us. He loved us when we were unlovely. And he still does when we're unlovely. When I fail him. He never leaves me nor forsakes me. He'll never let me go. Wow, what love. What unconditional love that is. I can't even fathom that. There are reasons we uh, don't do, I believe, uh, verse, these verses 14 through 21. You know, because it says, it's in, uh, in verse uh, 15 of, of 12, it says here, Uh, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. You know, it may be because uh, we don't do that because we might be glad that they're weeping because we're, we're angry at them because they hurt me. They said something to me that I've been carrying for 25 years and it still hurts me. I can't pray for them. I can't love them because they hurt me. And yet he says, weep with those who weep. It may be uh, that you're mad, that, that uh, you cannot rejoice. And, and I have to confess, one time uh, uh, in a church, I had this real clash with this, this young man, and I've told this story before. And that young man hurt me deeply. And I found, later found out that I hurt him deeply. And we were put together in a room, and the pastor said, y'all go at it. Don't come out of here till one of you 
is either uh, uh, dead or if you repented and changed and, and, you know, and God did. We were reconciled and hugged one another. And what a glorious, but you know what? This young man, after hurting me, uh, fell into sin. He became a drug addict. And you know what? Uh, uh, to the sorrow of my soul, I said he deserved that. And it's hard to deal with that. But, of course, we're reconciled. He's, he's now gone on to be with the Lord. Love your enemies. Love your enemies, he says. Wow, this is huge. But this takes a supernatural power for you to want them to be blessed when they have hurt, hurt you. We've got to understand that. It takes a supernatural power by God. Because the new birth is really a miracle. It's a miracle. It's where the Holy Spirit comes into your life and he, uh, uh, through believing the gospel. And, uh, he, and it gets hold of you. And your heart is changed. Just It's warmed. It's, you go, wow. What joy. What peace has come over me now. And of course, you can go back to those days when, when you first came to know Christ. And he shows you that he is all that you need and he transforms you by his mighty power through believing. And now you can, uh, you can love other people. The more you love Christ, the more you will love other people, even your enemies more and more. Let me just read you. Uh, I got this. Uh, uh, this is a missionary. This is one example of a changed heart. One example of someone who is really a believer, who lives uh, out his faith because of a changed heart. This was in January 1999. It says, Graham Staines and his two sons, Philip 10 and Timothy 6, were mobbed by radical Hindus. Trapped inside their vehicle in Mata Harpur, uh, Orissa, India, and burned alive. The three charred bodies were recovered, clinging to each other. Graham Staines had spent 34 years serving the people of India in the name of Jesus. And he was the director of this mission in Orissa. And he left behind his widow Gladys and daughter Esther. And uh, her response, his wife's response was, in every paper in India to the glory of Christ, She said a few days after the martyrdom of her husband and sons, I have only one message for the people of India. I am not bitter, neither am I angry, but I have one great desire that each citizen of this country should establish a personal relationship with Jesus Christ who gave his life for their sins. Let us burn hatred and spread the the flame of Christ's love. And of course, everyone thought she would move back to Australia. And, uh, and she said concerning that, My husband and our children have sacrificed their lives for this nation, India. India is my home. I hope to be here and continue to serve the needy. Then perhaps most remarkable of all was what her daughter Esther, uh, a teenager, said. She was asked, 
how she felt about the murder of her dad and, and, uh, and brothers. Uh, coming from a 13-year-old girl, this is what she said. I praise the Lord that I found my father worthy to die for Christ. See, you can't say that if you have not been changed by the power of God. It's impossible. Because the natural man, the old man, the, 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 uh, the old self would say, I hope somebody kills him. I hope somebody can get back and, and you know, justice can be served. No, but desiring for their salvation. You see, that's Christ-like. That's Christ-like. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. This is huge. Paul is... is uh, saying this because it is huge. Yet we don't do this. Also, I think we get wrapped up in ourselves. Uh, we're self-centered. It's my needs. Uh, it's my uh, wants, desires, and not those of others. And we hear the message, but it just kind of goes in one ear and, and out the other. And then you might say, well, you know, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just not a feeling person. I'm a man. And uh, uh, women cry, uh, children laugh, but, uh, but I'm a man. And that's just the way it is. We can come up with all these excuses. We can come up with the excuse and not get down on the floor with a child and play with a child. I'm above that. You know, I'm an aristocrat. I'm a whatever. And uh, that's beneath me. Uh, no it's not you know it's okay men to change diapers I hated changing diapers but it's okay of the 3,000 diapers a year a child has or something it's just overwhelming when you go back you, did I do that you know well I didn't Janine did it mainly but <laughs> But it's not, you know, no, it's, it's not above us. You know, it's not, hey, I'm the pastor of this church. I want you to know. And I don't set up and take down chairs. Is that Christ-like? Absolutely not. No. You see, I'm not above doing, and neither was Jesus. What did Jesus do to his disciples? He washed their feet. Dirty feet, by the way. Wash their feet. Love your enemies. Wow, this is huge. Do I do that? Or we do, we just think of, of self. What makes me happy? And of course, what, what is the cause of all of this? It's pride. The root is pride. And that's what Paul says here in this passage. Think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. It's all about me. Have you met those people that uh, they're very intelligent and they sure want to make you understand that? They're very smart and boy, when you get through talking to them, you're going to say, that person's very smart. Maybe you're like that. I'm, I, hope, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know of anybody in here like that, but No. The spotlight is not on us. Uh, There's some people who just love to soak up the praise of men and have the approval 
of man. The Pharisees were like that. They did things to be seen of men, and verily they had their reward, which was the praise of men. But we need to learn to weep with those that weep and to rejoice with those that rejoice. What's the opposite of pride? Humility. Humility is not thinking of ourselves all the time. Humility is not being infatuated with ourselves all the time. Let me just ask you this. Who do you think about most of the time? I'll tell you a lot about yourself. Who you think about most of the time? Boy, that's convicting. Or is it our wives, our children, their needs, other needs, next door neighbors' needs? Uh, who is the spotlight on? See, humility is finding others interesting and even superior, esteeming others better than ourselves, Paul says. Do we exalt others? Do we delight to see others exalted? Do we rejoice with those that rejoice? Are you really happy when something good happens to somebody? Or are you envious and just say, you know what? It should have happened to me, not them. I deserved it more. On and on we go with that. And yet, to have humility, genuine humility, we must have faith in Christ. Christ must be the center. The Christian is to be centered on Christ, not self. Christ is the only, the only alternative to pride. Saving faith is, and I say saving faith is, humbly resting in Christ, looking away from self to Christ. Faith is being self-forgetting and satisfied with Christ. Saving faith is turning away from self to Christ, who is my all in all. So, humility is part of what faith is. Without faith in Christ, there is no humility. Not genuine humility, but only pride. So, Paul says here in verse 16, don't be proudful. Uh, but be carried away, he says, with the lowly. Being drawn to the lowly. Being carried away with the lowly. Be moved inside yourself. Have this mindset to be like Christ. Have this mindset to be like Christ. And what is being like Christ? <clears throat> Philippians chapter 2. <clears throat> Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Notice an attitude. In other words, a real change. You see, have this attitude. Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, uh, but emptied himself. Emptied himself? In other words, he left all the glory of heaven. He, he left all that was his in heaven. And he came to this, he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant as a slave, 
Bondservant is a doulos in the Greek, which is a slave, and being made in the likeness of men. Think of the condescension of that. <clears throat> the humility of that. Being born and laid in a manger. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. That's an understatement. By becoming obedient to the point of the death, even the death on the cross. And he did that all for us. Christ was carried away with lowly people. Uh, being carried away with lowly tasks. Don't ever say, that's beneath me. I can't do that. Yeah, we can because Christ did. Be like Christ. Totally dependent on Him. Don't be high-minded. <clears throat> Don't be high-minded about anything. And all of this in verse 16 leads to verse 17. And I will not covering everything. I'll do that in the future here. But uh, <clears throat> what does it lead to? Respecting what is right in the sight of all men. As far as it possible depends on you. Be at peace with all men. That's hard to do sometimes. Being at peace with all men. <clears throat> Philippians. <clears throat> I left out this verse in, in uh, Mark. Yes, I want to speak on this because this, this touches on, on Christ being humble. And this, is, this is so important. And they were bringing children to him, to Christ, so that he might touch them. But the disciples re rebuked them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them. We're, we're talking about the King of kings and Lord of lords, the creator of the universe. Emmanuel, God with us. And he says, let the children come to me. And he says, do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And he says, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. And he took them in his arms, and he began blessing them and laying his hands on them. Can you imagine what that must have been like? to have been ha uh, laid on hands by the King of kings and Lord of lords as a, as, a, as a young person, even as an adult, and have Jesus come and lay. I'm looking forward to putting my arms around Jesus. I really am. More than you can ever imagine, I am looking forward to that. You know... Uh, I'll tell this story, and it's in, uh, uh, I remember when our th third daughter, Sarah, had her first child. That child lived to be five hours old, and she had so many deformities, and, uh, uh, but I held her in my arms. And uh, Eliana uh, was her name, and she... Uh, was so precious, so small. But I laid my hands on her and I told God, bless this child. Receive her into your kingdom for she to one of yours. Amen. 
Jesus blessed and loved the little children that came to him. How is it in your life? Do we have a a love for others? Are we just focused on our on ourselves all the time? Do we love our enemies who do not love us? We need to search our our hearts and our minds to, to see if if he is if he is ours. We need to let our light so shine before men in such a way that they may see our good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Amen. See, that's what we need to be about. We need to be, we need to be about people seeing Christ in us, not us. It's not a, this 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 church of, of people is not about me. It's really not. It's about Christ and Him crucified, buried, and risen from the dead. It's all about Him. We're to look to Him. And when people see us, do they see Christ in us? Do they see that? Luke 15, our last verse for today. Jesus says, Do you suppose that I came to grant peace on earth? I tell you, no, but rather division. For from now on, five members in, in one household will be divided. Three against two and two against three. Let me just ask you this morning. Do you have the Prince of Peace? Do you have the one who gives us the fruit of the Spirit and one of those is the peace of God? We're coming, we're coming into a time now this, this season uh, where Christ brought peace on earth. He was the Prince of Peace. Is he your peace? Is he your satisfaction? Is he your boast? Is he your Lord? Is he your Savior? Are you changed by his mighty power to where you can love your enemies? Ask yourself that. Are you still holding bitterness in your heart? Are you holding something that God needs to take away so you can love others? He'll do it. He did it for me. He's done it over and over in my life. He's changed me by His power as I call upon Him to do it. He'll change it by His mighty power. Let's pray. Father, this morning we thank You for Jesus who brought uh, peace to our hearts. And Father, help us to uh, see that we have the ministry of reconciliation, that you that we have been reconciled to God. We've been brought near by the blood of Christ who cleanses us, that cleanses us from all of our sin. Oh Lord, help us to love those who are unlovely, to weep with those who weep, to rejoice with those that rejoice, that we may look in the mirror and not see ourselves, but the fairest Lord Jesus that we might see all of life is about him. Help us to live a life that is glory uh, to you. In Jesus' precious name, amen.